Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Chiefs. This is a special Friday edition after Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. And we've got a special guest, Mark Schofield, is here to talk to me about Patrick Mahomes, how he played in the Dallas game, what he struggled with early in the year, and where he can improve going forward. We'll be talking about all that right after this. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. And welcome back to Locked on Chiefs. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all the platforms. And we are brought to you today by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports, fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-hand fantasy matchups, winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Mark, how are you doing, sir? From USA Today in Touchdown Wire, really excited to have you here. Uh, always fun talking to Patrick Mahomes and QBs with you, sir. Chris, it's great to be here. It's been uh, it's been far too long, man. It it's has far been too long since we since we've chopped it up, but uh, it's great to be here with you, man. Excited to talk about Mahomes. Hope you and yours had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, hope everybody listening had a wonderful holiday. Got a chance to be with family and friends. It's always good to Thanksgiving. I'm a huge Thanksgiving guy. I absolutely love it. We we host um the whole turkey the whole thing so so really excited actually this year i'm a huge reese's penis pc's peanut butter cup guy and i don't know if you saw this chris but they put together it was a limited run of like just basically oversized peanut butter cups in like pie form which sold out they, they only made three thousand they sold out instantly so i i found a recipe online to duplicate it put it together it was all right, but I mean, it's obviously wasn't as good as what I would expect the original ones to be like. But still, it was it was fun to do. But we're working off the uh, the, the Reese's peanut butter cup pie today, my friend. We're gonna work through that together. Yeah, the Thursday, the Thanksgiving hangover of you know Turkey Day. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, it actually that's a great segue because Mahomes has looked like he's had a hangover at times this year, and yeah. I hate saying that, but it really looks like he has been struggling at times with you know just all the different things that the QB does. But we will get into that in the second segment. I want to talk about this Dallas game. Uh, Kansas City found a way to win against Dak Prescott. I think that they struggled at times on offense, but they did enough to win the game. Their defense really won the game for them. But what did you see from Holmes in that game against Dallas? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, Chris. A lot of this was the Chris Jones game. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do a video each week for blogging the boys over at uh, the SB Nation Cowboys site it called Dak Watch, where I break down Prescott. And, you know, it seemed like Dallas got themselves into so many third down situations and Chris Jones found himself into the pocket in a second and a half and, and Dak just didn't have a second to breathe back there. But I think from the offensive perspective, early in the game, you saw a lot more of the too high stuff. And I know we're going to talk about, you know, that's been the rage, you know, the team's throwing too high at Kansas city. And they did some things early in the game that Chiefs offense did that were successful. Dallas sort of got out of it. Dan Quinn, obviously, for his years in Seattle and Atlanta, he's rooted in that sort of cover one, cover three family. They started playing some more cover one. They were able to dial up some shot plays. There was, there was a play, that one of the last offensive plays of the first quarter, where they were able to get the corner out on a three-level concept. Mahomes pumps it to Hill, who's running an out route, gets the corner to suck up. You get the single high coverage to, to hit that again. So that was a nice little design. Um, but like you said, they, they found a way to get – productive offense that they converted some third downs in this game, which I thought were impressive. Um, the one thing that sort of stuck out to me, and we'll probably talk about this more in, in the third segment, there were some moments where Mahomes was very conservative and it was both good and bad. 
there were some moments in this game where some of them were sacks where, you know, there was a third and seven at the 324 mark in the third quarter where he's got a hitch route available to him. And he's just wary about throwing it because he sees the defender driving on it. So he pulls it down and then he gets sacked. And there were multiple plays like that where it seems like he was trying to find that balance between taking some risks with the ball or not forcing things into coverage. And so I think as we transition down the stretch from where they were early in the season to kind of where they have to be offensively now, you know, that's going to be a a line that he's going to have to walk. But I think overall between this game and and sort of what we saw over the past couple of weeks, he's starting to piece it together, certainly had a great game against the Raiders. And so, you know, that coupled with this game, you know, Micah Parsons had some plays against them, had some sacks off the edge and things like that. But I think he's starting to piece together where he needs to be. And it's just going to be a matter of stacking good plays going forward week in and week out. Well, and you start looking at having the bye week this week, and actually I don't know that it could have like played out any better for Kansas City because now Mahomes has the chance to sit here and on the bye week go and re-watch all of his film because you know he's going to do that. He's going to figure this out. If there's one thing that we've always known about him, he is going to put in the time. He's going to put in the effort. He will get something figured out going forward. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you think about the bye week and what that sort of does for a team. Let's just we don't have to look too far to figure that out. Right. Last year, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were struggling. You know, they lose to the Chiefs. They go into their bye week and people are thinking they got to figure it out. They can't get everybody on the same page. Brady and, and Bruce Arians, they can't get it to click that offense. And they come out of the bye week and they certainly had fi- things figured out. And so this bye week, Chris, I do think it comes at a very good time for them. And then you start you know, looking down the stretch here where, you know, they've got an opportunity to put together some wins down the stretch. You know, they've got an opportunity now. You get Denver. That's a very winnable game. You've already seen the Raiders. Sure, that game with the Chargers is going to be tough. Justin Herbert is certainly a good quarterback, but that could probably be, in many respects, a home game. You know, Chiefs fans travel well. Chargers don't exactly have a huge home crowd. Steelers game, you know, that that's a team that I'm not really sold on. And then Cincinnati and Denver to close it out. Those are some winnable games, too. And so, you know, if if people listen to the show are on football Twitter, say Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, there are a lot of people making the case that here we are, ho hum, are the Chiefs yet again the, the best team in the AFC? They've started to figure it out. There's a case to be made that they are figuring out. They'll have this bye week to go back and look at the two high stuff that have been giving them problems, some of the like issues that they've had in the passing game, get that stuff fixed up, and really finish strong down the stretch. Yeah, and. They're in a situation right now where at seven and four, they have the ability to end the season at, I would say, even at 12 and five. I think that they could easily go five and one in this stretch. Uh, the San Diego game is obviously the one that's going to be the hardest one, at least in my mind. I think Cincinnati's a good team. Pittsburgh's okay, but San, but not San Diego. Sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. I apologize. Right. Uh, Los Angeles is a good team, Herbert's a good team. But the Steelers gave them a hard time, and the Steelers aren't that great of a team this year, I don't think. So I think that that's going to be something to watch uh, when they go to play the Los Angeles Chargers. When we get back, we're going to talk about what really Mahomes struggled with early in the season and how he's going to have to adjust going forward. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchups winner take all and here's the crazy part stat hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick your team you want to face one-on-one 
This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has stat hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat hero puts you in control of your own fate. With stat hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and stat hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be one-on-one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Mark. So let's go ahead and dive into this deep. Patrick Mahomes struggled the first several weeks this season and really even in this Dallas game, struggled a bit. One of the things that's really stood out to me is the, the amount of interceptions he's thrown. Uh, but seven of those, I believe, he's actually almost completed the Chiefs players before they got intercepted. Yeah, and, you know, we, we all heard the stories. We all saw the takes. We all saw the tweets about, you know, the two high shells and how mm-hmm. they were giving the Chiefs fits. And, you know, this was the blueprint to be Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I, I think in reality, and I've written about this at USA Today, I've talked about it some other places, it was a bit more than that. It wasn't just, oh, play cover two against the Chiefs and you're going to be fine. It was a combination of factors that really sort of led to the offensive struggles. And, and part of it was early in the season, the defense was struggling. Early in the season, they were giving up points and Mahomes felt like he had to finish every drive, every throw, every play, every moment with a touchdown. It's, and so there were moments when you look at some of these passes that ended up intercepted. He didn't have to make that throw, but he felt like he needed to. So I think that was an issue. There were some protection issues where he, he didn't feel quite comfortable in the pocket. He would vacate some clean pockets early in the down, early in the play, where if he just sort of hunted the pocket a little bit, gave a concept a, a chance to sort of grow and come open, he'd have an opportunity to make a throw. Some of these throws that he made were catchable balls. And, and we mm-hmm. saw that Sunday evening against Dallas, the Kelsey interception it's topper. It's a three receiver slant concept. You read it inside out. Kelsey's the middle read, the middle slant. He he comes to that. It's open. He puts it right between the eight and the seven. And then people might say, oh, it was a bad throw because it was kind of behind him. Bill Walsh, West Coast offense, father of the West Coast offense. When he talked about slant routes, he said you have to put it right on the receiver's frame in between his numbers. You don't lead him on a slant route because it's not going to get completed. You want to basically put it on his frame so the defender can't make a play to the ball through the body. Like that's the only way you get there. You'll get past interference. And so he put it in a good spot. Kelsey doesn't make the play and it gets tipped and intercepted. And so that's a pass that probably gets caught nine times out of ten. It's weird that this year, Chris, and you've seen them all, they're all stacked one on other, on one on top of the other, where you're getting these passes that should get completed and instead they're becoming interceptions. It's just bad luck more than anything else. So I, I think that's part of it too. But that's why you, what you're seeing in recent weeks, comments from Mahomes, I don't need to do stuff like this. Sometimes it's okay to punt the football. The defense is going to make some plays for us. You know, that kind of mentality has helped. I thought one of the biggest plays Mahomes made in recent weeks was – an early third down conversion against the Raiders where you had a post and an out Tyree kill on the post Kelsey on the sort of route break into the outside against cover four. That is an ideal cover four beater because both routes should be open the post route against a cornerback playing with outside leverage. That's going to come open because the safety has to cover that vertical breaking out route from Kelsey on the inside. That's just the way the cover four rules kind of work out. So 
Kelsey was open. Mahomes had the opportunity to hit the post route for a huge play, but it's third down. It's early in the game. He says, no, you know what? I'm going to take the simple first down conversion. I thought that was sort of critical in Mahomes realizing that he can just sort of dial things back. That, Chris, coupled with the fact that since the Melvin Ingram acquisition, Chris Jones is now playing more on the inside. Mm -hmm. This defense is figuring things out. There's a case to be made that they are the hottest defense in the AFC, if not the entire NFL right now, because of the way they've played in recent weeks. That is also going to have Mahomes believing that when he gets done rewatching everything during the bye week, I don't have to throw haymakers on every drive. I don't have to try to finish drives with touchdowns. We can throw it away on third and eight, give it back to our defense, because they're going to make plays. You just watched that game against Dak Prescott. That's a very talented offense, and I know Cooper was out. I know Lamb went out halfway through that game after the interception near halftime, but that's a still a very talented offense and a very talented quarterback, and they stymied Dak Prescott and company. So this is a very good defense that looks like it's getting better right around the holidays, which is when you want to improve as a football team. That, too, is going to help Mahomes and this offense going forward. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up because I think the thing that's really standing out to me is early in the season when he was struggling the most and he was throwing the interceptions early and he was throwing picks that, you know, he didn't throw the first couple of seasons. And then you had a couple that went off players' hands because he looked like he was pressing the ball down the field. In those early games, he didn't feel like the defense could do anything for him. Yep. The defense yep. didn't and the defense didn't look like they could do anything for him. So if he threw an interception, it was likely probably going for six the other way. Maybe not on a return, obviously, but at least, you know, the offense was probably going to take it down there. So he felt like he had to score a touchdown on every single drive. Yeah, that's exactly right, Chris. And that's why I think, you know, I even wrote, look, when when all of these articles were coming out, like the Chiefs have a problem with cover two. You know, I wrote, no, they don't. They don't have a problem with cover two because it's more than that. He feels like he has, he feels like he's back at Texas Tech again, mm -hmm. where you had to win every game 55 45. Like that's how you he, won games. In the and he didn't long. trust his offensive line, which has looked a lot better this season than it did last year. Don't get me wrong, the tackles have struggled at times, but he's, he needs to learn to step up into the pocket. And I think that's something that he started to do as well. Yeah, that's exactly something he started to do, Chris. And, you know, that's sort of a, another fine line. I've talked about fine lines already, and I think we'll return to that. But that's another fine line for young athletic quarterbacks where you have to balance the fact that you've often had the ability to escape the pocket and race a defensive end to the edge and get to the corner and things like that. You don't always have that ability in the NFL. Even if you're an athletic quarterback like Mahomes is, Sometimes you don't have that ability because guys on the other side, like a Max Crosby from the Raiders or, you know, some of the other guys that you see, like a Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys, they're athletic too, you know, and you can't escape the pocket and outrun them. So you have to learn to climb the pocket and climbing the pocket is difficult. It's not a natural thing, right? Those are where the guy, the bad guys are that want to put you in the hospital. You want me to go closer to them? I don't want to do that, but that's the way the sort of structure of the pocket works. And so I think, trust in the pocket more, feeling comfortable in the pocket more, staying in the pocket more, something all quarterbacks struggle with at one point in their careers or another point in their careers or sometimes multiple times in their careers or, in my case, my entire career. But that's something you have to learn to do, and you're seeing Mahomes do more of it, and that's also a very good thing for him. Yeah, and we need to talk about that a little bit more after we come back from this break. One of the things that's really stuck out to me, though, is this offensive line has played very well, especially in the middle, and I think that's going to help him moving forward. And we will discuss that right after we get back from this. But if you have not checked out Bill Bar yet, I do not know what you're waiting for. 
It is the most wonderful time of the year. It is Black Friday. Built is going to go out and make Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that was ever in the history of Black Fridays. New limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount all through Black Friday weekend. Get at least 20% off anything and everything at Built.com. Enter promo code LOCKED20. New flavor, ruby chocolate puffs, marshmallowy goodness covered in unique chocolate, ruby chocolate. This has never been done with a Built Bar before. There's dark chocolate, there's white chocolate, and now ruby chocolate joins the Built Bar Club. New flavor, lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs. Love lemon cheesecake? You'll love lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs. That tangy taste of lemon, sweet cheesecake, and a marshmallowy puff, all covered in chocolate. New Built Bar Crave Bar. A Built Bar Black Friday weekend isn't complete without the word free. Built by any box of Built Bars through Sunday and get two of their brand new candy bars, Built Crave, for free. They have finally done it, and they've come up with a candy bar that is a great alternative bar to a regular protein bar, and it satisfies your taste. Crave has only 160 calories with 17 grams of protein. Show me a candy bar that can even come close to that. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars all at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost. And 40% off Built Swag. Just enter promo code LOCKED20 at Built.com. It is Thanksgiving. We've already kind of talked about it. Marcus talked about his Reese's Puffs, or sorry, his Reese's Pie that he enjoyed. And we all know what that means. It means football. There was a great day of football on Thanksgiving. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet online as we covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on to receive your bonus. It's not just football. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, any kind of sports games you want. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online we're stuffed with deals this thanksgiving mark one of the things that has stood out to me and i kind of mentioned this before the break the interior of the chiefs offensive line went from one of the worst in the nfl in the past couple of seasons to i'm just gonna say it one of the best in my opinion joe tooney creed humphrey and trey smith have just been phenomenal inside well, I mean, I'm pointing to the for those of you who are watching on YouTube to the Patriots banner over my shoulder here, and I, I'm not surprised with Joe Tooney. I yeah. mean, I've seen him for years up close. I think he's one of the best guards in the game, and I think Chiefs fans probably appreciated that from afar during those Patriots Chiefs yep. battles over the years. But now you're seeing up close. I mean, I think look, you look at Humphrey, you look at Smith. Um, it's stunning that that those two guys sort of fell to the where they did in the draft. Um, but particularly Humphrey, you know, maybe it goes to how organizations value interior offensive line, but ask any quarterback, what bothers you most in terms of pressure? And they will tell you quick interior pressure, Mm -hmm. like edge pressure. You can deal with, you can climb the pocket, you can escape out the back door, but if you're still getting into your drop from under center, if you're just getting the the shotgun snap and starting your drop and you've got interior pressure, that's tough to deal with. That's something that you don't have an easy plan B for to get around, to avoid. And that's why I think going forward, we're going to see a premium placed on interior offensive line players that can handle pass protection. That coupled with what defenses are doing, 
you're seeing all these double mug looks, right? So many defenses, you get into third and seven, third and long. They walk both linebackers down into the A-gaps. They're playing those little cover zero mug blitz looks. You know, they're trying to play those pressure games on the interior. You need centers and guards that can handle that stuff, or you better have some really good backs that can handle pass protection responsibility. So I think that coupled with the fact that guys like Aaron Donald are out there that can rush the passer from the interior, you've got to be stout in the interior. And those guys, those three, have been incredible for this team. Yeah, and you look at a guy like Chris Jones who can rush from the interior, who's had huge success. And I think that's a place where whenever the Chiefs played Tom Brady in the past in New England, that was always where you wanted to get pressure on Brady was yeah. he could not stand pressure up front. And that's you're right. That is absolutely any quarterback. But now Mahomes is, is, is in a situation where nine times out of ten, and I'd probably even go as far as saying 97 times out of 100, he's not going to have that interior pressure. Unless one of those guys falls or gets hurt or something, generally speaking, he's got that wall up front he can step into, and I think that's going to play a huge role going forward. What do you think he needs to improve on going forward as the Chiefs have this next six-game stretch before the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think, Chris, and I sort of alluded to it earlier, finding the right equilibrium between still being aggressive, still being Patrick Mahomes, still taking the chances that are appropriate given the coverage, the concept, and how things are playing out, and understanding that, yeah, there are also some times when you can pull it down. You can throw away, throw it away. You can take a check down. You can even, if you have to, take a sack because because the defense is going to be good enough to bail you out or, or to get a stop when they, you have to punt the ball away on fourth down. And as I mentioned, working through that Dallas game, you know, watching it live, then re-watching it on Monday, sort of do the work that I do when I get ready for the show and to do some prep work for it. There are a couple of plays where, it's like you could see him. I could throw this. Oh, wait, I don't want to risk it. Mm-hmm. And he ends up taking a sack. I mentioned one. There was another. There was a first and 10 at the plus 15 at the Dallas 15 at the 1043 mark of the first quarter where he ends up scrambling for an 11 yard gain and picking up the first down. But Dallas is in cover four, you know, so you got the two eye safety look. And they run a little switch concept with Hill and Kelsey on the right side. And Tyree Kill runs a route sort of like a post break into the inside and there's a window where Mahomes can drill that in there for at least a first down maybe a touchdown and he starts to wind up and he sees the safety flat-footed to drive on it and he pulls it down and then he runs for 11 yard gain and first down that's a moment where I'm reading coach uh, Petrino's book uh, coach Lamar Jackson at Louisville, and he talked about what he was grading quarterbacks when he was coaching Lamar Jackson. He would grade them on both their decision and their execution. The reason for that being sometimes you might not get a good decision like you should have thrown it, but when you can scramble like Lamar and run for a first down, mm-hmm. the execution of what you did is still a good play. So I'm not going to din you overall. This is a play where I would say I kind of don't agree with the decision. I don't think it's a good no throw. I think there's a window to hit this. I could see why. He pulled it down. He's worried about the safety. But then the execution to scramble the 11-yard great. That's awesome. Fantastic. You'd love to see a quarterback be able to do that. That's what I think he has to sort of work through next. He's gone through this stretch where he felt like he had to score touchdowns. He felt like every drive had to end up in the end zone. He had to win games 55-45. It was Texas Tech versus Oklahoma all over again. And Baker Mayfield is on the other side throwing darts, and you had to score all the time. So he went through that stretch. Now he's figured out, look, the defense is better. I don't have to risk it. So we can punt. We can kick field goals. We can do things like that. So he's gone from one extreme almost to the other. Now we got to sort of meet in the middle here where, okay, go back to doing what you do well. You can take some chances with the football, but reasonable chances, right? Forcing a throw into coverage because you've got it and you're maybe a little worried about a guy driving from depth. That's one thing. 
throwing it to three receivers when you're falling down on third and 18, okay. throwing it to three. Like that's that's the kind of risks you could leave in the past. Reasonably aggressive decisions, you want to see him keep making those. And this is something that I remember when Matt Waldman and I did our video about Mahomes well before the draft, before he came out. This was one of the things we sort of worried about in between our giggling and all that stuff. Yeah, I remember that too. It was, you know, please don't let him end up with an overly conservative coach that tries to coach this stuff out of him, that tries to sort of put handcuffs on him. Like you still want him to be aggressive. And I think that's the thing down the stretch, Chris, that I'm going to be watching for. Can he still be aggressive when it's appropriate and be conservative when it's also appropriate? And I'm glad you bring up the decision-making because I think that's another thing that I have to question at least a little bit. Uh, and this is something I wanted to get your take on. The Chiefs have been running a ton of RPOs. And to me, it seems like he is pushing to pass a lot more than maybe he probably should with some of the boxes he's getting. And you go back to talking about decision-making versus execution. Uh, if he's making the wrong decision in that scenario and the execution is to throw – is if that's not a first down, obviously that's going to be a ding too. So is that something that they need to work on with him? Is that something that's, you know, maybe you take some of the RPOs out of the offense or do you just kind of change the way you're doing things? Because the Chiefs are getting boxes that are that are begging them to run the ball and they have the ability to do it now, which should take pressure off Mahomes to have to do even more than he already has. I think so. And and this is not a Kansas City unique problem. There are some other offenses around the league that are struggling with this. Buffalo is a prime example, too, because a lot of teams are treating the Bills offense the way they've been treating the Chiefs offense. Mm -hmm. Light boxes, too high shells, muddy the look. And when the Bills sort of dial up RPO concepts, defenses are doing a very good job of taking that sixth or seventh defender and muddying that look. Is he in the box? Is he in the run fit? Or is he not? And while we used to think about RPOs, no matter what the defense does, you're going to make them wrong. Defenses have sort of figured out ways where they can muddy the look pre-snap with that overhand defender, make it so the quarterback doesn't have an easy decision whether to give or to pull pre-snap, and really make it so the quarterback ends up being wrong. Because you look at and he hands it off, well, that guy slides down, they sling the fits or whatever they do, they get the play fitted up so they can stop the run or, you know, he pulls and throws. They've got everybody dropped. They're dropping seven, and there's really no clean lane to throw into. And so there's, there's a thought that, look, maybe we go back away from the straight RPO, from the RPO game and just straight call straight run plays. Like, look, you, you've got an offensive line that can that can grade the road in the interior, especially. like just Which they haven't inside. had in the past several years. Right. So run some inside zone, run some mm -hmm. duo. You know, and when they put together this offensive line in the offseason, they started running things like GT counter and some trap stuff, some pulling stuff. You know, a lot of people thought, man, they're going to have a really diverse run game. That's what they want to do. They want to get more power and pullers and, and duo in the run game. Go towards that, you know, and, and that's another thing that, look, if you want to get teams out of too high, run down their throats a little bit. They'll bring that safety into the box because there's no other way to defend it, really. And you'll get them out of that too high and you'll get those single high looks if you have so much success throwing the ball against. And so, yeah, there's a school of thought, not just in Kansas city's respect, but around the league that maybe we move away from the RPOs a bit. Defenses have kind of figured a way to counter that stuff, make it tougher on the quarterback pre-snap and post-snap, just run the football at people. If they're going to pl still playing too high, you'll have success doing it. Yeah. And when you're running for five yards of carry, which Kansas city was with Clyde, in yeah. that game, you need to continue to run the ball. If you run the ball against Dallas, I think they probably score a couple more points in some of those scenarios. And I also love what you said about making the right decisions or, or being willing to take some risks when they're calculated risks. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to throw in third and 13 to th you know somebody that's covered by three guys. 
But making that throw that you're talking about to Tyreek Hill, you're, you should be willing to take that risk. Even in that scenario, when you're still up, you're trying to score, you need to keep the pressure on, uh, all of those things. Your window to hit those types of plays are going to be better than probably it being a bad scenario. So hopefully he's able to figure those things out going forward. Last question I have for you. We've already kind of talked about this a little bit, but if there is one thing that you think that he really needs to work on, what is it going forward in this next six games? And and I actually have a caveat to that. Do you think his footwork has also hindered him a little bit this season? I mean, there's a bit of a footwork discussion, um, you know, and Mahomes is the reason I started saying the phrase mechanics don't matter until they matter. Um, you know, I, I don't think on the list of things that are wrong generally with the Kansas City offense, like his footwork and mechanics are far down the list uh, it, it, when it sort of compared to some of the other stuff we've talked about, some of the other issues we've talked about. But, yeah, there are times when he's a bit jittery in the pocket. And, you know, he needs to, in terms of the things he needs to improve upon, continue to try to play within structure, play within the moment, play within the confines of the pocket. I think that's going to be something that will benefit him, not just down the stretch, but going forward. There are times when the footwork and the lower body can be a bit loose and he's gotten away with it before, but it becomes an issue when you start seeing interceptions, even though these are still balls that should be caught. And so, you know, for, for quarterbacks, like you always want to have cleanish mechanics. You you don't want to see mistakes as a result of the mechanics. And so I think something in the offseason he probably might want to work on is, okay, let's rein the mechanics back in a little bit. He He's not somebody that needs pristine Brad Kaya, Mac Jones kind of mechanics to be successful, but let's not get too wildly out of control here with the lower body. Let's, let's try to tighten things up a little bit particularly when you're making throws from a clean pocket. Like there's no need to be wild with the feet, step into the bucket, you know, things like that. You can dial it back just a little bit when you need to do stuff like that. And you have to, because of the way the plays unfold and sure, but you know, try to clean it up, tighten it up just a little bit. I, I think it's not a major issue, but something I'd spend some time on, particularly in the off season. Yeah. And I think that's a huge key. And I think it's also a huge key going forward in his career uh, for longevity of career, because at some point, he's going to start losing some of the arm strength. I mean, yeah, yeah we're talking 10, 15 years, 10 right, years right. down the road. But if he starts getting working on those mechanics on a yearly basis in the offseason, those mechanics will help him be more effective longer in his career. So I think that's a huge thing as well. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, you want to tell everybody, for the listeners that aren't watching on YouTube, where to find you. Well, Chris, thanks for having me, man. Uh, always a blast. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours again. Um, for the people watching or not watching, uh, at Mark Schofield on Twitter, uh, USA Today's Touchdown Wire, uh, a couple of different SB Nation websites, but on Twitter, at Mark Schofield is the easiest way to find me. Appreciate it again, Mark. I hope you and your family had a great Thanksgiving as well. And we will be back on Monday to talk more about this Chiefs team going up against the Denver Broncos next week.